<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville's a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Jordan Davis. (laughs) Welcome to the Danger Zone. Here we are. So we're we're just going to jump in and we're going to start this party. Um, so I hope you've buckled up. You got your swimsuit on and everything. Um, first of all, I want to say the, the beard is shorter. So you are the, you are the first, this is the first public appearance of, uh, of the, of the trimmed beard. Did you shave it all the way off? No, I just trimmed it down to about this length, maybe a little bit. I shaved it down about a week ago. So when's the last time you were clean shaven? When's the last time? Twelve years old. June of uh, <laughs> June of twenty fifteen. Wow! Holy! When cow. I went, when I went to meet my wife's parents, that was the that was the first. <laughs> that was the last time I like shaved my face, and then after that, I was like, all right. Once I'm they gave their blessing, you were like, oh, you have no idea. Like, yeah, I don't, that's yeah, all I Old Testament stuff, you know. <laughs> that's that's all right Old there. Testament stuff. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of my favorite things that happened in quarantine, we had Drew Holcomb on the podcast and Drew, um, I can't remember. He like raffled. Do you remember this Johnny raffled or something online where he, if you something, he would shave his beard. I just can't remember. Or maybe he I remember him shaving it, but I don't, I don't, 
remember if there was yeah, a raffle yeah. involved. But he, I didn't um, win any money. There is a picture of his <laughs> son. Yeah, <laughs> you, you tried, and that's what we respected about you. And I, I still, <laughs> I'm still in contact uh, with him. <laughs> but he, there's a picture, and I got a screenshot of it because it was just so adorable of his son, um, his <laughs> oldest son standing as he sort of like you can tell he just got through shaving and his son's face is like because he had you know much like your little girl he had yeah. only known his dad with facial hair yeah and it and was Drew had crazy. a great beard he had a yeah. yeah it's it's really respectful you guys have a respectable little cadre of um facial hair people um yeah. <laughs> but it was just so, I, I hadn't thought about the fact that you know his son had just never seen his dad without facial hair and you can yeah. see it in his little face. Like, he's like, whoa. You know, like. Dude, I, I, was, I was hoping that my daughter would be, like, tone, like scared or at least, like, some type of reaction. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. It was just another Tuesday. Like, no problem. Like You're like, look, I need content for social well, yeah. media. Give me <laughs> something. Dude, John, 100%. That's the only thing I wanted out of this was, like. Everybody was like, okay, you know you have to film your daughter's reaction when you walk in. So my wife follows me into her nursery, and I'm like, hey, Eloise, dad's home. And she's like, oh, cool, get me out of this crib. Like, that was it. Like, yeah. nothing. Do, one more for me. One for me. Yeah. I'm going to start from the door. Like, let's do one more for me. She's like, yeah, I see the beard. Let's get breakfast Great. going. Yeah, yeah. Come let's on. Get, it's good for where's you, that, where's, that, where's that bottle of milk? Let's go. Come on. <laughs> that is the way. I feel like there are all those moments. How, how many hours of video do we all have especially for those of us who are like you know entertainers or whatever you want to call it, we do where it's like discarded takes that didn't go like we wanted them to like <laughs> yeah. i would give so much money i also feel like that when i watch sports events like it's like you know this field goal is going to win it and you're like i'm going to record it and then your team loses and you're like dump that that's deleted well, I have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely happened Okay, so so Jordan, what we like to do, we we, we start with uh, what we call the brag sheet, and yours is pretty substantial here. I, I, my fingers started to cramp as I was typing these. Um, just to kind of set it up, and 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 so we're gonna. This is you might want to just take a little nap as we read through these because it might take a minute. Okay, so right now, currently sitting at number seventeen with a bullet, um, <laughs> almost maybe's on the country chart. Number seventeen, spoken like a true country. songwriter, Dave. I appreciate Thank, that. That's right. With a bullet, with a Does bullet. It have a bullet. It's lost the bullet. It gained the bullet. Yeah. Um, three back-to-back number one hits. Uh, iHeartRadio Music Awards Best New Country Artist nominated for ACM New Male Artist of the Year. One billion. That's with a B. Artist impressions on country radio. Number one new airplay artist at Billboard. I mean, that's some flexing, man. Dude. I, so how do you like when when I read that? How do you feel? Like what's the re, what's the re, what's the response? Reaction? It's pretty weird. I mean, y'all can like y'all y'all probably hate when people start reading John McLaughlin and Dave Barnes. Like it's always weird, but like it's not as weird as you'd think. <laughs> but dude, like I don't know. I, I'm like I, I'm I'm just so fortunate, blessed. Met so many great people and. um you know, that have helped a lot. As like I said, as y'all both know, like you can't do it in this town by yourself. And sometimes it's right place, right time. And I have had a lot of really great people help me along the way. Um, so do you feel like you had those moments where you've been able to slow down enough to really sort of go, wow, this is all this work. I have, happening. I have, but only because of quarantine. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. no, no doubt. Like just here recently have, 
just been so, and it sounds terrible because it was obviously a terrible thing that happened, but like, mm-hmm. y'all, it could not have happened at a better time in my career and yeah. my life yeah. and my, like, cause I mean, dude, I was just like chicken with his head cut off, man. Just like on to the next thing, not able to like focus in and, and be thankful for stuff like that, you know, be appreciative mm-hmm. of when, you know, not feel like embarrassed when somebody reads that stuff off or not embarrassed, but just like, ah, uh, you know, yeah. that is what it is. Right. Uh, well, we were, yeah, Dave man. and I were talking this morning and I mean, your your brag sheet is impressive on its own, but it's also impressive because it happened in like such a short amount of time. Really, yeah. you know, it's it was and, definitely a it was a quick. I mean, it just like and like y'all. I I did I hadn't played a full band show when I played two full band shows, and they were in Birmingham, Alabama, on a, a Monday and a Tuesday when I signed my record deal, like I was like songwriter moving to Nashville, going to do this. And, um, you know, and, and it just kind of took a turn and it was an avenue that I was like, well, man, I, I, I want to, I'm going to kick myself if I don't give this a shot. And, uh, yeah, so it did, man. It happened quick, really, really quick. Which is even more profound. Cause I think those stories like yours where it, it wasn't purposed can be doubly as profound to me. You know, because yeah. which is kind of like mine because I didn't sing at all until I got to college. So I think if I can get really clear headed, I can go, oh, my gosh, like this was never I wasn't the kid that's like I was playing my first show when I was seven. And, you know, like I was, you know, whatever yeah. I was doing. So I think it can be a spe- like, you know, John, whose pedigree is like he was playing piano at negative. Yeah, just, two, a, I think. just yeah. a child yeah. prodigy guys like, on the ivory. <laughs> well, guys like me, uh, guys like me find guys like you. Uh, slightly off-putting. <laughs> you you guys are like you guys are like the guy the the football players that come into the the gym and like drill some three pointers on your way to the locker room. <laughs> well, here, and the rest of the basketball team's like, we're trying so hard at this, and you guys are like, I don't know, this isn't even really my thing. Is that good? Well, Is hey, that normal? good? I was Is in, it supposed to go in the basket? I was in Baton Rouge, so I was I was in Baton Rouge when Dave when you like kind of hit like everybody was talking like dude have you heard dave barnes have you heard dave barnes and i had some buddies go to a, your one of your shows in waco and they messaged back they're like dude this guy's unreal man and so when i looked you up i would have never known that like oh this guy just started like playing guitar and singing and now he's got a yard pack full of people out here like it, yeah, it's just like it was a yard <laughs> all of my texts <laughs> well, no, some yards. <laughs> I didn't mean that any day. I promise you, I did not mean that. No, I'm telling you. It I was swear a large to you, porch. If you <laughs> listen to me, I'm not kidding you. If you put the percentages of shows I've done in Texas that are in a yard or not in the yard, I promise you, in a yard is still 10 percent more. Dude, well, no. <laughs> it's, it's you, this is a big one. This is. I want to say this is like a Baylor thing that you like. You're playing. Oh, There's yeah, a yeah, ton yeah. of people. Dude. Yeah. And um. Yeah. But man, it's like like it's just crazy. And like also too, like even getting onto this like sitting here talking to you guys like obviously Dave huge fan John been a massive fan of you and then like you know me and Dylan Williams a buddy of yours like are in the same band together and like I don't know I think like when I think of like Nashville like and just how small it is it's like dude yeah, John yeah. I almost I almost bought John's like hard bargain band like <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> so my first band 
ever was John's old. Like I guess I was old. I totally man. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. this is this is like a little triangle. Yeah, that's just getting more interesting with every <laughs> sentence. Which is <laughs> why, like, I have so many questions because I've heard so many stories <laughs> that I want to. Before this ends, John, I have to just confirm one story about hard bargain. That's a that's a podcast tease, folks. Here we go. But I have to confirm this. <laughs> Here we go. This story. Stick around. Ends. Yeah. After this message, more about hard bargain. So, so for those who are listening, uh, Dylan Williams uh, and I grew up in the same town. He and I played in the same band. He's a guitar player. We played together for years and years. I mean, like I, probably like my third time on stage was with Dylan, and then the next fifteen hundred shows were with Dylan. Yeah. And then Dylan has he started playing with you two years ago. Yeah, two and a half years I mean, ago, something like that. He's and been then, there from pretty much show one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Hard Bargain is a is a van. That I think I think Dylan named the van. He did. Maybe. He told me he did. So he's, there's there's one check. Okay, there we go. Like, <laughs> there we go. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of miles with that guy. Yeah. Great guy. This is great. I'm, what if he just started bawling? Yeah. John, you just started weeping openly. <laughs> we could not console you. Like it was just way too just far. Too gone. many, too many old memories. Too many secrets. Too many, <laughs> too many secrets. Okay, so Jordan, this is this is, um, you know, I, I know your brother, yeah. uh, Jacob. We've we've written together, and he's just wonderful people. And so I'm I'm giving you that grace that I'm just going to assume you're wonderful people too. But so so you're from Louisiana. Yeah. You you, you grew up there. Kind of take <laughs> us take us back to where that is. What were you like as a kid? What's your family like? I mean. You know what is what is sort of the Davis, Louisiana household like? Yeah, we grew up in uh, Shreveport, so just northwest corner, uh, right up there by the Texas line. And uh, man, music really was from day one like such a big part of our family. My uncle was a songwriter and lived in Nashville uh, my whole life. Oh wow! And um, and had a lot of success. Hold on, can we pause? Hold on, I want to pause. I want to throw a flag real quick. Yeah. So this is dad's brother, mom's brother. Uh, my dad's dad's brother. Okay, and so he, um, we'll come back to that. That's an interesting. We'll just continue. yeah, uh, that's a fun tidbit. But like you know, it's just like it was. There, there was just always music. Like there was, mom was playing piano. Uh, she played in the church. So you know, Sunday mm-hmm. and Wednesday night, we were at Rose Park Baptist front row you know with with mom playing and so like you know we started early in piano and um and my dad you know was kind of an amateur songwriter uh you know wrote great songs but like was more of like a you know storyteller kind of almost would write a poem and turn it into a nine minute bob dylan-esque song you know (laughs) And so like, you know, we kind of got to witness all that and like see dad kind of like, you know, create at a very early age. And then, uh, so so that, that's what I'm wondering is, is what you just said with your dad. So there is some pedigree with music there between uncle, between your dad. Like, what is that about? Is that something they saw with their parents or is that something that's, I think it was really, uh, I mean, my uncle Stan, my dad's youngest brother, um, he kind of started, you know, he started playing in high school, started playing around uh, Shreveport and then, you know, decided to move to Nashville, moved to Nashville, was looking for the record deal. Um, is still, you know, extremely talented, great singer, but uh, started having success with Tracy Lawrence early in Tracy's uh, career as a songwriter. 
and um mm. and now he's just you know strictly songwriter but um but I, it was really uncle stan that started the 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 davis trend towards you know country music and <laughs> the yeah. davis trend but like and what that should have been his family do? band yeah what, what, what was your dad doing for a living so he owned a him and my grandfather owned a furniture upholstery business in shreveport so uh they'd had it for you know Okay. 50 years when uh my oh, brain, wow. grandfather passed four years ago but like you know now he's still he's still working you know when he wants you know now he comes up and sees grandbabies and um and still knocks around on the guitar a little bit but um uh, you know he's really just like you know it's over the moon about me and jacob and um it's, it's been pretty been pretty cool i can't john and i talk about this a lot um one just in our conversations with each other um a lot of people think we don't like each other off the podcast but it's not true we're actually right. really good right. friends right. um but one of, one of the things that we talk about a lot and we've talked about on this podcast some is like i'm so in, enamored by um families that had musical parents you know that like and I think what I what John and I both talk about that I think is such a gift of living in Nashville, being in the music industry as a as a dad, is that there's this tone that gets set that like music is a normal, wonderful, doable thing. Like it can be a part of your life, it can be part of your lifestyle, it can be a career, you know. Yeah. And so I'm always so fascinated with that in Nashville. But what's so cool about your story is that was not just Nashville, that's Shreveport. And so because I think there's something about, and listen, this is this is kind of a hot take, but I think there's something about when a dad is musical that's a little different than a mom. Because, you know, dad's kind of, I think, the patriarch. He's sort of like the, yeah. you know, and when he is more um, musical, which tends to be creative or tends to be a little more, you know, uh, sensitive or empathetic, it sets such a fascinating tone in a family to me because it's like, I'll never forget right. when I was in college. Gives you more license. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's suddenly like, well, if dad does it, then I can do yeah. it. You know, but I, a friend of mine in college had a dad that, um, that played, um, guitar and sang beautifully and he didn't write songs, but I just remember it always was so profound to me. We go to their house and his dad knew all these Kenny Loggins songs and played them really well and sang them beautifully. And I was always just sort of like fascinated because he, because they'd be like, dad, play, you know, house at Pooh Corner. And he'd start playing. And I was just like, I don't even know how to think about this. Like that this man who's out there working every day, sits down and he starts beautiful. Voice. I just thought, I don't even know what to do with this in my brain, you yeah. know? And so it's so cool to know mm -hmm. that that was a normal thing. And it's so, and I mean, doubly fascinating to me is that you and your brother are now here in Nashville doing yeah. it. You know, there seems to be something about it that really sticks. I mean, dude, I think you're spot on on it. You know, I wanted to play guitar because dad played guitar. Like, you know, that was like, God, isn't that crazy? and learn songs like, at 10 years old, you know, I'm learning Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash songs, you know, because that's what dad played. So, like, yeah, yeah, I never really, you know, still to this day, I'm not a great, like, cover band guitar guy because I started writing songs super early. So, like, you know, anytime, so anytime cool. we have, like, a fire, people come over to the house, they're like, hey, Jordan, play this. And I'm like, if it's not my song or, like, a John Prine, Chris Christopherson cover. I'm out. I'm out. Right. Like, I just never like took took the time to like really dive into to that stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely. You know, when I was when I was growing up, a big. I mean, we we have almost parallel situations because my dad uh, was a musician, but not by trade. Like he used to be in a band and was in a that's how actually how we met my mom was on tour 
and then they got married and he, you know, quit the band and got a real job. But one of the big, there, hey, there are a couple easy, moments in my life easy. that I, <laughs> one of the, job, one of the, job. uh, real job. sorry, did I say real job? We'll edit that in post. Yeah. Got a <laughs> oh job. Gosh. I could just hear Gotta the shame just, seeping pause, out. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, it's I, I didn't like, even know I said. I was like, it. Dave is gonna say something about. It. I know he's gonna say something. About it. <laughs> like, you just see, and that's why I do it. I just give Dave me. these softballs yeah. every now and then. <laughs> um, guys, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Oh, oh there, your dad. So there, was not there are a these moments that young. I can remember, um, growing up that were like big moments in my musical journey let's say and they came from my dad and the and they were coming from a real place in him that's like hey i don't do this i i i Mm -hmm. walked away from music for the better part of our family i gotta make money i got you know to give you the chance to do music and so it's kind of in those times where i maybe you know was slacking or was uninterested or whatever that I look back and I'm like, man, I don't know that I'd be doing it now if if it weren't for my dad kind of saving me. And I don't know that he would have saved Mm -hmm. me if he weren't so passionate about it. So that's, that was a huge part of my journey. Um, And I'm wondering if you have any similar, if you had any similar talks with your dad growing up, you know, how, Mm -hmm. what was his relationship with music, with his own music? It it was that to him, it was like, he couldn't, he never moved to Nashville because he started working, you know, basically out of high school with my grandfather. And yeah. it was a it was yeah. a family business and that was always kind of like I think still to this day, if he could go back and do it again, uh I think he would have moved up here and tried to write songs. But like, you know, yeah. it's like then you start the the trickle down of like, you know, does he does he marry, you know, like, I mean, you could run that back for days, but like, right, right. I right. think that's why yeah. he was so encouraging when my brother first started playing around like college, freshman, sophomore year while we were at LSU. And my dad was like, from day one, like, Hey man, run, like, you know, keep playing those bars, keep trying to build a following and moved to Nashville and write wow. songs while my mom was on the total opposite of that. Go to college, get a degree, do that path. Like that's safe. That's like, you know, get the yeah. job, do that. Like, don't, don't do the music thing. And little, you know, little she knows she ends up having both of her sons, you know, follow that path and move to Nashville, <laughs> which she that really yeah. backfired on. Her. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, God is just yeah. laughing, chortling but, up there. But you know, what's funny too is like, I was, I always say like, if I would have moved, cause like right when I moved to town and I'm sure probably at some point y'all have heard this too. It was like, Oh, well, why didn't you move four years ago? Like, you know, cause I moved to Nashville when I was 20, right. 25, 26, somewhere in there. And like, if I would have came to town at 18 or like in 19 or 20, like early on, like mm. bypass the college years, I would, I don't even know what would be going on right now. I can tell you this. We would not, we would not be having conversations about big songs or anything like that. I just wasn't ready for it. Like I wasn't ready for Nashville. Like what, what do you yeah. like, it's interesting. What do you think, 
what I mean, this is a this is a tricky question, but what do you think would have happened, like knowing yourself then? Oh gosh, I would have spent a lot more time on Demumbrian and Broadway. Like I, I just wouldn't be I, I wasn't mature enough. Like I wasn't Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. I think too, like you could get to town and be like, Well, you know, even early on, like it was like, well, I, I need to go out. Like I need to go out and do that stuff and like, you know, stay out and, and socialize, which you do. I think that's really important. But at that time, yeah. it wouldn't have been a socializing thing. You know, I'd just be out yeah. drinking and running wild. And like, I, I just wasn't, I just wasn't mature enough to handle that. And I'm, I, you know, like you said, man, I think the good Lord put me here whenever I was supposed to to be here. And um, yeah. Johnny, Dave. I love a lot of things, but guess I'm gonna give you three guesses. Okay, what they are um, indoor pools. Uh, yep. Outdoor guitars. Yes. And above ground friends. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, you always get those right. Also, springtime. Oh yeah. Yeah. What well, about I you? Do, I do too. Oh, that's you know, good. But April can sometimes be the pits, oh, absolutely. If I'm pits. honest. Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, I'm not a huge fan of getting fooled, oh, you know, and yeah. taxes. Are oh, you boy. kidding me? Oh, boy. Don't even get me started on the showers that bring May flowers. Oh, I think I have just a thing to cheer you up, though, Johnny. What's that? You ever heard of Policy Genius? Mmm, I have, but I want to hear more. Okay, I will. I'll tell you right now. Policy Genius helps you compare top insurers all in one place and saves you 50% or more on life insurance for you and your loved ones. Okay, I'm already starting to feel better knowing that I can financially protect my family so easily. And you know what the best part is, John? Policy Genius is going to do all the work for you. I love it when other people do all the work for me. <laughs> so let's just say I have a friend that okay. needs to finally do this. Yeah. How could I tell him to get started? Uh, let's make up a name. What would his name be? Uh, Jerry. Okay, Jerry. First, you head to policygenius.com. In the okay. blink of an eye, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes to find your best price. That's what I tell him. That sounds too good to be true. That's what Jerry says. Now, <laughs> no, what do you say? No, I say it's not because their licensed agents work for you, not the insurance company. Mm-hmm. It's a zero hassle process. Policy Genius is here to take care of everything along the way. Okay. Again, Jerry talking. Okay. How can Jerry be sure that he's getting the best price? <laughs> Crazy Jerry. Uh, just like back in high school, Policy Genius has a handy dandy comparison tool. So no matter what, you're saving money. Mm. On top of it all, they handle the paperwork and provide their expert, unbiased advice. Okay, because if there's one thing I know about my friend Jerry, he does, he not, does not like, like paperwork. Oh, and okay. biased advice. Or biased advice. But how much does their service cost? Bottom line. <laughs> you're not. Buckle up, Jer Bear, because I want to tell you, you're not going to believe this. It's free. No. Yeah. Yeah. So Jerry here, says, no way. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Jerry here, I got more to tell you. And I want to tell you this. Say goodbye to your April blues. Policy Genius can promise that you won't leave their website feeling like a fool. You can save 50% or more by comparing life insurance quotes and sleep soundly at night. Who didn't want a sound night of sleep? Mm-hmm. Knowing that if something happens, your loved ones will be taken care of. Okay, forget about Jerry. Okay. I'm headed to policygenius.com <laughs> today. Uh, no, there was no Jerry. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I want to throw back and say something real quick, and then we'll speed back to here. I think, one, uh, you said something I think is really profound, an encouragement to parents, and especially dads out there. What a gift it is to see a dad who's passionate about something. You know, I think it really, you know, anybody that's listening that's a dad that really loves something um, that's legal, I want to really stress that part. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, that, that, that your kids learn so much from seeing something that really gives you life, you know, and I think you, you and your brother are such amazing testaments to how profound that can be in a kid's life, seeing their dad, you know, seeing your dad love that. So a little throwback to that, but to catch it back up to now, I think that is one thing that Nashville is really interesting about, to your point about moving here too early and that, you know, God sort of had you come here at the right time. I think you can get to Nashville as a musician, and if you aren't ready for the full force tsunami it is of talent in this community it will mm-hmm. take 100 <laughs> like i mean i think for me you know i went to mtsu same as you like you know john too like we all did the college thing uh, but i think moving here for me was so funny because i had these four years i just started writing songs my really kind of freshman year but mainly sophomore year and i had these three years to really figure out what I was doing and get a little bit of footing because if I laugh all the time, if I had come to Belmont university, I, it would have chewed me up and spit me out because it's just, there was too much talent. There were too many people there that, you know, they'd been writing something probably like you, they've been writing songs that were 12 and knew like, Oh, let me guess the classic. Oh, you're doing the GCD. Oh, Barnes, look at you blowing minds. I was like, what, what does that even mean? You know, like, but like, I don't even know what that is, but I think like, I think for me, um, I'll never forget the first time that I came here, uh, or I, that I met musicians in Nashville. I'd probably lived here six months and, you know, I'd started playing some shows. So I had a little bit of, of a pedigree. I kind of felt like, you know, like I know how to do some things and I, I knew I wasn't great at it, but I knew like, I kind of know how this is like, it's yeah. moving, you know? And I sat with these, we met these guys at Starbucks, me and Wirtz and, um, and we went back. Uh, and, or I went back later cause I know Matt wasn't there and hung out with them the first time. And it was these two brothers who are twins who both sang and then two other brothers they live with who both were songwriters and still are. And they let me go first. So like, dude, play us something. And I was like, all right. And I played this song <clears throat> called Grace's Amazing Hands that I'm really proud of still. And I really felt like, so that's what I do. What about y'all? You know, I'm like, I'm like yeah. flexing, you know, like I'm getting my packs tight and, uh, I'll never forget. They both, all of them played songs that I thought. Yeah, those are maybe the best songs I've ever heard in my life. All of them sing better than anyone I've ever met in person. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I decided to live here. This was my choice. And so I think to your point, Jordan, there is this weird thing about Nashville that if you don't, it, it, you can get, it can really yeah. intimidate. You know, it still does. I mean, it's one of my favorite things about this town in a weird way. But, you know, I think you can sort of like, get here and underestimate the but, the but you know what though talent. dave it's great because i you know i guarantee you like there's a lot of songwriters across you know beginning to experience that listen to this podcast and it's good to hear that even you and john have probably had those moments because i know i have of like what have i done why oh, did man. i come here like <laughs> what, what? Oh, <laughs> You, you know, you're playing a writer's round and you're dreading your turn. Like, that's a terrible spot to be oh. in. Dude. Oh, yeah. You're, like, you're rewriting right. verses. <laughs> songs. Live. Live. How can I punch this yeah. up? Or do you see, you, see, you see your set list on your phone, you immediately start yeah. changing it. That's that's like, that's I've work. done that. Jordan, that to me is like such a hysterical other conversation, which. I have done this happened to me twice. Two, two, two main ones. Real quick stories. Both Bluebird stories. One is Lucy Silvis uh, is doing around with with me. We have a friend that cancels, um, and she's like, "Hey, are you cool?" Now this is you know, gosh, this is six, seven years ago. She's like, "Are you cool if my boyfriend 
and his brother, they're a band, come sit in. And I was like, I've told her this story and we've laughed, but I was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I could call John. I have all these friends. I could call somebody, but I'm like, uh, you know, and boy, you know, yeah. you know how that feels. Like my boyfriend plays and I was like, okay. And Lucy's a mutant. I mean, she's yeah. one of the most talented. And she's just so sweet that sometimes I don't trust her. You know, friends like that where you're like, you don't have a great judge of character because mm -hmm. your heart is too good. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, let's let your boyfriend, his brother come. And of course it's <laughs> brother's Osborne. <laughs> of course, nobody knew that. At the time. And I'll never forget. Like we get around the round and the, I think the first song they play was, um, uh, Oh, I don't, I don't remember uh, rum, which is one yeah. of my favorite songs. And they got done, and I was like, "No, no, no, nope. out. No, okay, both of you are immediately out. I don't like you." And the same thing happened with Tennille. Like she, you know, we did this round. It was again. I'm actually realizing this is all Lucy, but you know, you get in these. I mean, it got around to Tennille, and she plays um, oh, somebody's gosh. daughter, and I was like, "What?" Like immediately, I feel like I'm seven years old, and you know, like, I'm. Uh, what I am I doing here? Everybody knows that yeah. I'm a fraud. <laughs> you know, like, I've been, I've been made. Like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, yes, they figured it they out. Like, I'm just waiting for the whole crowd to be like, "Yeah, Dave, you can leave at any point. Uh, we've seen and we've <laughs> we've declared you are unworthy of being this round oh, anymore." Man. I think too, and I'll say this lastly, and I think it's even fun having guys like you on this podcast for this reason, like. It, it, I, I, if I'm, if I have a real clear mind, like if I'm really right with the Lord, like he has, he has given me confidence and I can enjoy my life in ways that he wants me to. I have these moments of clarity where I'm like, I can't believe I get to live in this city and know John and know you and know my music friends. Because if I didn't live here, I would look at these people and think, God, I wish I knew those guys. Yeah. They're so cool. You know, I'd be at a show in the crowd, like, man, I want to get dinner yeah. with that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those guys are so uh, cool. And and yet I get to sit. Those are those moments of the bluebird or the rhyme wherever you're playing a show and you look to your left or your right and you're like, God, I'm on yeah. stage. <laughs> like this, That guy's playing a guitar solo that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And he's in my yeah. band. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like those moments of clarity where I just think, I can't believe I get to do this. You know what I mean? It's It's that weird thing of not only intimidation and, oh my gosh, why I'm in this round. It's also coupled with this unbelievable, unbelievable thankfulness of like, I'm yeah. in this round. Like I get to play a song yeah. with these people. 100%, you know what I mean? Man. It's incredible. We're very, very fortunate to do what we're doing, boys. This is... I mean, it's pretty special. Okay, so 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 we we have the we have the um, Jordan starts playing. His dad is the best dad ever. He has this awesome brother. Music is happening. Sound of music in the backyard every day. Y'all have like a three part yeah. harmony thing yeah. while you're mowing. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, and then um, you 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 get to you get yeah. to LSU. And that what is that season like there? Like what what is we that, know? I never you know? even through Jacob playing you know, bars and clubs and little spots all over Louisiana. I never, <clears throat> I would write, but I never thought like Nashville was like the path. Like I was, I was gung ho on getting a degree and getting a job. And I would just be Jacob's biggest fan. Like, you know, coming up to Nashville every once in a while and hanging and, uh, but. Do you think that's because you were like, Oh, well that's, that's kind of his thing. Oh, so yeah. I can't do it. Cause I, yeah. I would just be following it was just him. like, well, Jacob's doing that. And, and he's, he's kind of the artist right. thing. And like, I, you know, he, he was selling all these clubs out and I was like, man, like 
I don't want to be like the little brother that like opens up for him one day, you know, or like, you know, does like, I was like, man, I'll just try to write songs with him, you know? And, um, yeah, that's but great. like he moved to town two years before I did, but I graduated, graduated LSU and I was looking for a job and just kind of, I was still bartending. I bartended through college, still bartending, looking for a job during the day. And, um, I remember I, I was sending him songs and I was like, Hey man, like, I don't know if you can mm. do anything with this, but like, here's a little melody or chorus thing I'm working on. And I guess he had, had, did he, did he, had he done like, did he have a deal anywhere between pub or record label? No, at the time? He, or he, still dude, he signed this? a, he signed a publishing deal six months into moving to Nashville, which is unheard of. Dang, you guys, I wasn't fast, there. I wasn't man. that case, but like Jacob moved to town, but it was, I mean, ended up kind of like, obviously it helped me with connections because, you know, me and Jacob stayed in contact. I sent him those songs. He played them for some people and still to, to this day, one of my closest friends in town, Robert Philhart, just out of the blue called me one day and was like, Hey man, uh, I listened to some of the stuff you were sending your brother. And I think you're talented enough to write songs in Nashville. Think about it. If you ever want to come up, talk to somebody. Wow. Coming up. So, you know, long story short, stayed in contact with him. I ended up moving to Nashville. And I just had this like thought of like, okay, well, if it took Jacob six months, it might take me a little bit longer, but like at least within two years, you know, I'll have a publishing deal. Like I was way off, way off on that. Um, hmm. But, you know, it, it I, 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 I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't. I didn't deserve a publishing deal hmm. at the time. And, uh, wow. That's amazing that you feel that way. Cause I think you can talk a lot of people like I was killing it. Nobody could recognize it, but you really felt, oh, like yeah. I, needed to I mean, it. I'll go back and listen to those songs that I was peddling around to publishers now. And I'm like, God, what were you thinking, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder you aren't signed. <laughs> like, that's not a great song. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it took me probably almost Almost at four years is when I when I signed my publishing deal. So there was a lot of mm. that's a what were you which doing? Is, which what is we, still kind of quick. That I is, mean, they yeah. say it's a ten year. I mean, town, it was still like. So. What were you doing in the meantime for work? I was. Uh, I found this little restaurant in Donaldson called Ellendale's. Had y'all ever been there? Have you ever heard of that place? It's not there anymore. Uh, it no, shut down I'm, about uh, a year and a half ago. But like, uh, yeah, I like. Was looking, you know, I was trying to. I bartended at Fleming's through college, and I was gonna try to get on with the Fleming's up here. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. Um, so I just randomly, I was staying with in Donaldson right when I moved to town, and I just stopped in there one day and was like, "Hey, y'all need a bartender?" And he was like, "Yeah, we actually do." And I was like, "All right." So, and I was there for almost five years. Yeah. So that was I was just no way. Wow. I was just bartending at night. And, that is uh, amazing you know, still just kind of going to writer's rounds, uh, when I was off and just writing during the day. So I'd write, you know, same, you know, same schedule that we all do and then and just head to work after that. Mm. So what was the conversation like, you know, you said your mom was kind of like, you know, get the degree, you know, go that route. Uh, what was the conversation like when you were, when you told your mom and dad, especially your mom, like, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm the golden child because yeah. I'm listening to mom and then uh heads up. I'm actually not going to listen to yeah. mom when I go to Nashville. You know, I think that my brother had like already broken that ice for me <laughs> to where 
like when you say ice you mean her heart yes 100 percent. she he she like she had already been shattered by jacob moving to nashville and like that like when the middle child comes in and says hey mom i'm gonna go do that too she's like whatever just go like of course just just go so it was actually she she has a love for music too right you said she she was playing piano at church she does so what was what what did did she work outside the home growing up uh you know she would help my dad out at the shop um okay she was a she was a nurse so for majority of my life she was just stay-at-home mom um and went back and then after we got out of the house she started back uh nursing but um but yeah, yeah it was uh it was pretty easy for me. I remember it being tough for Jake. Like, you know, they, they didn't. Oh, yeah, because he was the first. He yeah. was like, but like, yeah, she didn't. She was like, whatever, Jordan, just go go be with your brother. It makes it <laughs> You're easier. dead to me anyway. Yeah, like, <laughs> she was like, I could at least just knock out Baton Rouge. I was living in Baton Rouge. You know, she's like, well, at least now I can just come to Nashville and see both of y'all. I don't have to see, go yeah, to Louisiana yeah, and Tennessee. Yeah. So. so now, I mean, not to fast forward too much, but, but now, I mean, is she... As John said, she's such a music lover. Has she sort of flipped now, though? Is she like, okay, it's working. Now I can be like, hoorah, they're doing music. This is amazing. Or is there still a little bit of like? No, I think she's, she's you know, she's our she's now our biggest fan. I mean, she always was. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, yep. now it's it's cool for her to, I mean, she still texts me every time I'm on the radio. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you're, on, so you're on the radio, you know, and. I guarantee I have a thousand texts from her, which is, you know, it's still awesome. But like, yeah, she's, she's very, she's a very proud mom. Very proud mom. That's so that I feel like that there is, um, there's always the one, there has to be one. Yeah. Like if both are all in, then they're both responsible if it doesn't work later. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like they're both like, well, you said, well, you, so you kind of have to have the bad cop, good cop, you know, that's kind of like, you know, go and chase your dream, but listen to me. (laughs) Finish your degree before you do that. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like get your degree. That's always like a, a tricky thing. So, so, um, what was it like? You know, John and I were talking about this as we were sort of preparing for this. It, y'all have it's such a unique story with both you and Jacob being here. I mean, what is that like? I mean, do y'all get to see each other? I mean, obviously, everybody sees everybody yeah. this year. Everybody's home, you know. But, um, <clears throat> what is it like having a brother that's doing what you're doing in town? You know now. It's, it's the best thing. Or, I mean, my brother's my best friend, you know, so like, <clears throat> and we write really well together, but. Yeah, because I saw, y'all had, uh, didn't y'all have a number, y'all, one of the songs yeah, number one y'all wrote together, My right? second single, Take It From Me, was That's what I me and him co-wrote, and. Uh, that had oh, to be, cool. I can't imagine how much oh, fun dude, that was. Oh, dude, it was still to this <laughs> day. Had just to be. I mean, like that was, and, and like y'all, like you, you asked, like, when, when did mom say like, okay my boys do music right. that day. That was when, That's amazing. that was when she was like, okay, like they're doing, they're, they're doing okay. I can kind of stop worrying about this. And, but you know, that was also too coming off of a thing where, you know, me and Jacob had both signed our record deals at about the same time. And hmm. we came out with a single at about the same time. And, Y'all kind of know <clears throat> how brutal that first single for a new artist oh, is. Man. Like, mm-hmm. and my first single just took off, and Jacob's mm-hmm. really struggled. So mm-hmm. it's tough to, 
that that was the hardest that, that was the hardest on part of of the whole thing the whole nashville journey for both of us was <clears throat> what probably should have been like this amazing like mm. two brothers signing both record deals new singles coming out um when really it was like is i would look check the chart and see my song doing well but at the same time seeing jacob like fall back and those, yeah. those first singles for both of them were tough to where or for both of us was really tough but you know i think it made us closer uh, I think mm, it worked yeah. out exactly how it was supposed to um mm. took a lot of breakfast conversations of yeah, well, it's a testament you to your relationship because that, yeah, that yeah, it is. could be a driving wedge. Could you? Could, I, I'm fascinated by that. First of all, kudos because that is I can't imagine the minefield right for a relationship. You know, my my only version of that was me and Wirtz being on the road so much um, at the beginning of both of our careers, and he really became you know sort of like a brother. And man, we I had never known the intensity of anything like that because you know we were we were doing those shows together which is not you and your brother in different sort of scenario but <clears throat> i mean dude we had some knockdown dragons yeah. i mean like and, and that turned eventually to these really vulnerable powerful conversations where it was like you know i think matt taught me a lot about how to do that because you know we'd you know we'd have a show and something would go well well for one of us and the other you know i, I didn't really know how to do vulnerability until matt help me learn but he would you know he was my first friend that did what i did that would look at me and be like hey man i'm really struggling right now yeah. like i didn't you know i i think the crowd really took to what you did tonight and man it looked like you sold a bunch of cds and i don't know if you guys remember what they are they're just like little discs with a hole in the middle <laughs> but um <laughs> you know but there'd be something where you know uh, it, it would there'd be some tension and he would he was the guy that kind of showed me how to go like hey we need to talk about this because yeah. otherwise you know, he'd say like, I'm in a, I'm in a bad place. Like I'm really jealous and I'm feeling like really insecure. Um, and, and I would have felt that two nights before, but I didn't know how to do it. And so it'd be, you know, I'd get mad, wouldn't know why I was mad. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's how did y'all negotiate that? Cause it's tricky, man. Dude, Dave, Especially we, you being the younger brother. Yeah. I would think that would be extra hard. Well, you know, and to might be a little bit easier if the older brother was the one you right. know, with the number ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had that exact same conversation. At wow, we he, I got a message from him. I remember one night they just pulled his single, uh, and I think they were gonna go to another one, but it was also kind of like, you know, what do we do? Like that one didn't really work. And uh, anyway, I got a message from him, and he's like, "Hey, we need to go have breakfast tomorrow." And I was like, "Wow, all right." So we we go out, we sit down, and he just dove right into it and he was like man i gotta be honest with you i'm, I'm extremely jealous of the success of your first song wow Jeez. and it was the best thing that could have ever happened and i was like dude because mm -hmm. i was i kind of felt shame from it you know i was man. i was like man. dude what like how do i i don't know how to fix this man like and we sat there that day and was just like look dude songwriting and singing is our jobs uh mm. and we we just kind of made a pact to be like hey this is what we do for income for our families and we're never gonna let it come in between our relationship and put the strain that it put on our family 
because my mom and dad were just, they were in the same boat. It's like, you know, how do you, gosh, that's how do you talk to one son that's struggling on Mm. his first song and an artist? And then you call your other son and you're like, Hey, heard your song three times a day. You know, it's like, yeah, it was, uh, and we ended up talking about it that Christmas, you know, the whole family was like, Hey, this is what, no way. It was just kind of like, we just had to clear the air. Like you kind of have to, like you said, those conversations have to be had or you just sit there and sit on them for years and it ruins relationships. So, um, yeah, you know, now, you know, what's so profound about that, 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 that I think you said so well, and I think this is the, this is the thing, man, this is the great, like devil's, you know, uh, sleight of hand is that everybody looking from the outside would be like, man, it must be so hard to have a single that is not doing what you want it to. And man, good for Jordan. Like man, he, but but you said that so well. Like you were carrying the shame because it was doing well. Yeah. And I think the beauty of that conversation y'all get to have, and this is what I think Matt helped me understand so much, was we had somebody that I'm telling you, I hate this word, but it's the truth. Prophetically called us in the middle of this tour. We had doing we were doing for the first time it was two weeks together, and this guy just randomly left this voicemail, and it might as well have been like a Jewish man that sounded like Jesus because it just felt so God ordained. Yeah. This voicemail, but basically he just said, "Was thinking about you guys. Heard this sermon today. It just made me think that I should call and tell you." And this is the quote I think you guys might be encouraged by. Whenever we come together sharing our strengths, it breeds competition. Whenever we come together sharing our weaknesses, it breeds community. And it was like everything got reset. You know what I mean? It was like for Matt, for Matt and I, suddenly vulnerability became this language because to your point, Jordan, I think this is so profound. I would sit there and think, God, you're killing it. You feel amazing. I'm so jealous. This is what I've been working so hard for. And the first thing you said was, I'm carrying this shame, which suddenly flips the paradigm yeah. so much, you know? And it's like, oh, this isn't what I think it is for either yeah. one of us. It was it was tough you know? to, and it's to, you know, the whole the whole ride of that first thing, which should have been just this like, and it was like, I was able to enjoy it, but like, it was always in the back of my mind. It's like, man, I really wish Jake's would have done well too. You know, like, mm. but um but yeah, I mean, it's, it was now like Jake's got three girls and he's happy writing songs. Like it just, it works out. Mm. I really believe it worked out the exact way it was supposed to work out. And, um, and two, just to get that, that second single together. I mean, how beautiful is that story? Yeah. It was, it was, that's amazing. It was amazing. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. Like, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely made it stronger. Mm. God, that's unbelievable um okay so you have this beautiful daughter thank you thank I mean, you man. i've sort of cr- i'm gonna be honest with you i sort of creeped online which i felt so weird like hey dude nothing weirder than dave do you know how much time i've spent on. watching brother pastor phil videos dude i think you're good man. <laughs> <laughs> can, can i tell you john and i were talking john said it so well <laughs> how did you put it john the things that st- stress you out without how did you put it this morning it really made me laugh well dave was saying here, this all, all out you on this. This is a okay. point of vulnerability that I'm forcing Dave into. <laughs> he was like, "You did you do it this morning? You you yeah, this morning, you yeah. did a, a new uh, brother, Pastor Phil Lugumbach. You have another one video. up today? Is yeah, it up today? Yeah. It's okay. well, it's coming out Friday. Just <laughs> buckle up. It's like a single. Just buckle up. <laughs> it's a single. Dude, I think they're more <laughs> successful than my singles at this point. <laughs> But he said, I'm like, hey, guys, got a new song. That's great. When is the Brother, Richard, uh, yeah, yeah, video? Yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. we've heard your stuff. <laughs> Does he have a yeah. single? <laughs> but he said, he was, he was like, well, I did a new uh, 
Brother Pastor Phil Lugamadam video this morning, so I kind of feel like my days. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to do. I don't need to do anything today. else. And I was like, man, it's so funny how <laughs> yesterday I was talking with my brother about how I can get. I have my list of things that stress me out. Right. I have my <laughs> list of priorities, and those tend to be the same stresses and like you know, there's family stuff, there's finances, there's et cetera, et cetera. But I started a new song yesterday. And it's kind of one of those songs where like the chorus was all there and the verse, all the music's there. I'm, now I just got to figure out the verse lyrics. And it's like, it's funny how when you do those things, every, I don't care about anything. Yeah. I was like, we could have zero. I could check, <laughs> check my bank account and we could have like $6 in there. But if I just wrote a song, I'd be like, well, we'll, good. we'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> it's going to be okay. We'll get lunch for four ninety nine, and we'll have an extra dollar, you know? It's just so funny how there are those things that you do that irrationally give you optimism. Yeah. And like, yes. yes. And I think it's those yes. things that uh, actually my brother said to me, he's like, well, you know, it's, that's a gift to, to be doing what you're purposed to do. And Dave, mm. your purpose is brother, <laughs> brother, to be someone else. <laughs> you have wasted so much time on music. Pretend to be someone else. That's your gift. The more you're yourself, the less value you have. But be Your someone funny that's down. not you, and we will celebrate you yes. into infinity. Um, so back to sweet Eloise. The the she's uh, two now. Well, she's sixteen months. She's two in November. Sixteen yeah. months. Okay. Yeah. So what what has surprised you? Like, what's the thing you didn't see coming about being a dad? Who? Uh, I mean, and that could be yeah. good or bad. I mean, it's was for me. A lot of it was such a world. I mean, she was born in quarantine. We were off the road, like pretty much. We did. We played like a month and a half of shows, like right after she was born, and then we got shut down. So, like, I mean, I've been, you know, every day I've got to see, see her grow and change. But, I mean, for me, it was like this. I don't know, man, it's so hard, and I've tried to like put it into were and y'all know man but like that first first time you see them like it's literally like something in you gets unlocked it has never been unlocked before in in your life mm. uh but i think it just reprioritized so many things to where it's like i don't care what there was never anything in my in my life in my world that i could think of and just be like I, that's right. As long as we keep that, yeah. as <laughs> long as we keep that safe and like, and healthy and happy, then it's kind of like, dude, like you said, John, there could be six bucks in the bank account. Like, let's, you know, we're, we're mm. going to keep that. And like, that was never like, that was never me. Like I was a guy that was like, okay, good. Mm. On to the next. Like, okay, that's uh, successful. Mm. On to the next. What are we doing next? And I don't know. I was just able to like really, I mean, that's all that really kind of mattered. And, uh, mm. and I, I was never that guy before Eloise. I can't imagine how I've thought about this. Cause we've had a few, like I was writing with Jordan Reynolds yesterday and they have a, they have a, you know, a yeah. year old baby that's been basically a quarantine baby. And I've just I've thought about my friends who have had kids in the season. And I'm like, I can't imagine Cause you know, you're just, you're just yeah. with them, like hanging out and, you know, like kicking yeah. it all the time. 
you know, and, and that's a lot of time with, with, with a little, hundred percent. it's a lot of time. Yeah. Well, when we, when we had our first, uh, when we had Luca, we were living in Indianapolis still, and she was born in December. And then we had like a massive snowstorm and we were all just like snowed in for a while. And it was perfect. It was like, uh, you know, and the people who have multiple kids know, like when you have your first, it's way different than when you have your second. When we had our second, you've got another, like a two-year-old running around trying to end the life of your new baby. Kill the baby, It's a different dynamic, but... But it was this perfect kind of like, uh, I remember it as this like euphoric, amazing time. So quiet and just like late nights. But, you know, I'm a musician not touring. So it's like, I can be up all night. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't have to go to a real job in yeah. the morning, you know. <laughs> but but for you guys, it's like, I mean, my my thing lasted for, you know, six weeks or so. Which is which is maybe a perfect amount of time. You guys are, you know, a year into yeah. it. I mean, it's so. But it's also been. I mean, it's been great. Like I said early on, like this quarantine happened at the perfect time for my mental yeah. health, my my marriage, and then also like the new, mm. uh, you know, learning to be a dad, learning to, you know, because yeah, I don't know about y'all, but like those first couple months man the one it's like you, you're trying to establish that connection you know they're so drawn to mom and sometimes dad's just kind of like cleaning dishes and hanging out yeah and like that's tough that's right like that that's was right. really yeah. tough yeah. for me to like not yeah have her not like yeah. want to like be with me or like you know uh but mm. now she she's all about dad now so it's great <laughs> you know that, that that's the thing that i had this exact same conversation with somebody this week that was such a gift to me. One of my dear friends, Jeremy Coward, who's a phenomenal photographer, lives here in Nashville. We went to MTSU together. And he had kids, he and his wife had kids way before any of us even got married. And so um, he kind of, I remember when I got married and we, were in, and we were about to have been our first, I remembered him telling us, he was like, man, I'll tell you something that's going to surprise you as a guy, being a dad for the first time, is how the baby's don't even know you're around for about two or three months. Like it's all mom, you know, and the mom is super engaged. You know, they're, they're doing their wonderful mom connection yeah. thing. And, and you're kind of just helping, you know, you're just grabbing, moving, you know, maybe feeding when mom's sleeping or whatever. Um, but there's not that connection. And, and then it, I'll never forget the day with Ben that I walked in his room and he was probably two and a half, three months. And he looked at me and it was like, what's up? And I was like, wait, he's like, Hey, what's up? I was like, do you see me? He's like, yeah, what's up? We should do something. I'm like, we should do something. I felt this way. And you know, I think for me, if I hadn't known that, that would have been really hard. And I was so thankful that Jeremy had sort of warned us because it's tricky. I think sometimes mom don't understand I mean, they, they are taking so much of the weight of that yeah. early. I mean, it's all on them. But but the benefit of that is how they're so connected that they're getting that immediate connection. And dads, I think, you know, it takes – I've had dads say it took less time. Like it was like a month and it felt – you know. But I think for the most part we have this – It's it, the on-ramp's yeah. really long. And you can really get crazy because you're like, I'm not getting yeah. any of the good stuff. All I'm getting is like the 
change the diaper, crying, feed in the milk, you know, where the mom, even though it's so hard that, you know, the yeah. connection is there, you know? And so I think that I was so thankful that he gave us a heads up. Cause I was like, man, this is sort of, for well, the that's, words, that man. was like, like this that was what I was saying. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Congratulations Goodness on gracious, the lion. Who knew you that had like, like a, too, man. he's a big one. <laughs> God, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, like, when that's the advice I give now, when somebody says like, Hey man, you know, a buddy of mine that's expecting their first kid in a couple months. It's like, well, dude, you know what, what can you, and I tell them that, like, I don't tell many of the good stuff, you know, I'm like, dude, that stuff is, you're going to, that's coming no matter what, but like, yeah, expect early. This was me. And like, I'm just, you know, forewarning. I don't think I got that. I wish somebody would have told me that early on, but like, you know, and I didn't read the baby book, so that was probably in there. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. the advice I give to the to the new dads. Yeah, that is. We talked about that in our. I think it was the first episode that we did of Dadville, where it was just Dave and I, and we talked about just no one told me the rejection, the daily rejection, and that, thankfully <laughs> yes. this is not the case uh, now, but. We when we, we recorded that first episode like two years ago, and at that time in my life, I would walk up the stairs every morning to get the girls. They were young enough that I would like walk and get them, you know, out of bed. And so they could hear someone coming up the stairs, and they don't know if it's mom or dad. And then I would open that door, and it was dad. And every morning, every single morning. I would, my day would start with, no, where's mommy? <laughs> Welcome to Wednesday, John. And I'm like, and eventually I'm like, guys, it's me it's every time. I always, I want, I'm getting hey, you up. Hey, heads up, kids. It's me every morning. Can you okay. at least mask your disappointment? No. Jeez. No. But it does that... go through, it, it goes through phases, right? And, and, uh, you know. Amy, Amy tells me and my wife, she's like, look, you're, you're, this is my time when they become teenagers, that'll yeah. be your time. And they'll, they'll love you. And then they'll, they'll yeah. hate me, you know? And then hopefully when they get hey, older, let's don't we'll prophesy. Yeah. Let's don't speak. Well, these are her words. So. <laughs> she's the one that's not walking with the Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, um, you know, I want to, I want to say this too, cause I think this is important for people listening to understand better kind of. Nashville and what we do, because I think you said this earlier, but I think it's really profound. Something that I have found with almost a hundred percent of my friends who tour for a living that that um that have gone through this year has been how how much of a blessing and again, you said it perfectly, Jordan, like obviously this thing has been so hard, a nightmare. You'd never wish it again. But um I've found that for so many of my artist friends, it was this incredible gift of slowdown of kind of like, and you said this and I actually really appreciate you saying this because I think it's very true and vulnerable, but mental health, I think something that people don't understand um, sometimes about what we do and especially guys like you who are like out there really doing it, hitting the road and like yeah. rocking the mic a lot is um, obviously it's a gift. It's such a blessing. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the best things in the world, but it has these weird weights. It has these weird things about it that are hard and tricky. And I think one of the things that I have gotten so much joy from seeing my friends who are gone 
that much is that it's just been this incredible like reset. Like I think to your point, I even talked to a couple of friends of mine. They were like, man, it took me like two months to get the RPMs down because you're just so used to movement. You're so used to, and the great thing about country that I think is a real gift is, you know, it's really the weekend warrior thing for the most part. So you're not gone all week. So, you know, you're home and you're, and you're a dad, but I think, and and a husband, but I think at the same time, you know, you're just, your, your body's rhythms are used to this thing. They use this movement. And so your brain's used to it, your expectations, your life, your wife, your family, whatever. And so I've just gotten so much joy seeing friends that are now like, man, it's just, I just can breathe. Like it's, I've, I've, I know what it's like to be still for a long time and not feel like, you know, everything's just moving all the time. Just kind of recenter. I think that was like, I was, you know, I mean, that's just what, that was first. Like, it was like, always like, well, let me, I got to do this. I got to play this show. I got to do that. And then I'll come back and be a husband Mm -hmm. and, you know, now a dad. And Mm. that's not the way that wasn't healthy for me. So Mm. taking that away, first couple months were tough because it's like, Mm. all right, this identity that I thought I was, was, like man now it's gone so what do you got bro like you know you, you like you're gonna sit here and miss it and be like miserable or are you gonna fix some of these other things that you've been kind of putting on the back burner so uh it has been man it's been yeah. uh, it's 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 great i'm ready to get back out i'm ready to start playing shows again but like right. yeah 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 hopefully though that that second wave in the artist community you know the first wave being like what you just said like that identity was taken away and now you know we're sort of forced into our proper yeah. identity i'm hoping that that second wave once all of this you know god willing is over soon and we all can get back out yeah. on the road is it'll be put in its proper place and we can find like enjoy it in yeah. its proper way you know that man i tell you and, and john and i've talked about this and he just said it so well i, th- I think that is my prayer from my lips to Jesus' ears up there in heaven. There it is. is. I just there it is. Come on, brother, Pastor. Give it. I really, come on, man. Give us a word. Do Don't do it. Give All of a sudden, our listeners spike just for that me. moment. We suddenly had 100,000 people tuned in. Um, I think um, that that's what I hope. I just hope that's so bad. I just That really is my prayer that, like, for all of us that these new rules can be new rules. That it's not like, oh, that was a fun little dip into sanity and peace and calm, and now it's back out to the to the to the grind. But I really hope that people that we all can take some sense of like, no, you know what, I like this, and I'm going to fight to keep that, and I'm going to try to how to figure out how to do the rest in a way that sort of falls in line with these new, you know, priorities and, um, you know. Uh, which I know is hard because there's, you know, and especially you guys that are really good getting out there and like, you know, doing the big tours, you know, that's something I don't know I, where you're having a stat, you know, like my friends who are, you know, like the, you're getting out there and there's a stat, like you got five, yeah, 10, 15, 20 people. That's not like me right. where I'm worrying about two or three people, you know, that's a different grind. And so I know that's different, but you know, my hope is that we've all tasted something that you go, man, yeah. I want to try to protect that yep. as best I can, mm-hmm. you know, yep. so it's not something that just, you know, goes, I'm preaching. <laughs> Johnny. Hey, Dave. I don't know about you, but I hate the rigmarole. And yes, I said rigmarole of finding high quality meat at the grocery store. Oh, man, you're preaching to the choir director, Dave. <laughs> Hello. I stopped shopping for 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, heritage breed pork Oof. or wild caught salmon at the grocery store ages ago. Ah. Prices are astronomical. Ugh. 
and the selection is almost non-existent. Am I right? Okay, well, that begs the question. Mm -hmm. Where are you finding your high-quality meat these days, as we call it the biz, HQM? Butcher Box, Dave. Ah. Butcher Box. Okay. They believe everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. All you do is sign up, select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. Okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're telling me the barbecue that I was smelling yesterday from across the street was a meat delivery service? Mm -hmm. Does it get any better than that? Oh, it gets better. What? When you sign up today, you get a free essentials bundle in your first box. Oh, man. That's three pounds of chicken, chicken breast, breast yeah. two pounds of pork, pork chops, chops what I was gonna get. two pounds of ground, ground beef, beef yeah. all for free the essentials. on your first order. Well, I would say sign me up, Johnny, but I already did right after you said their first mm. Well, it really is a no-brainer, Dave. I mean, every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meats right to your home. Right there. Each box is filled with 9 to 11 pounds of meat. Ooh. That's 24 individual meals. Or 48 An tiny meals. That's true. Half meals. Yeah, and that's just fast math. That's enough to feed a small army. Or you, Dave. Hey, hey come on, listen. <laughs> come I, was, on. I was young and needed the money. Listen, I'm just dealing with the body God gave me, okay? I want to make sure of something, though. No yep. added antibiotics or hormones, right? Absolutely no added antibiotics or hormones, ever. Wow. And now, for a limited time only, ButcherBox is offering new members a free essentials bundle in their first box. Here we go. That's three pounds of free-range organic chicken, chicken breast. Yep. You're with me. Two pounds of heritage breed pork. pork. Give it to me. Uh-huh. Two pounds of 100% grass-fed ground, ground beef, beef, all for free. I don't believe you, but I'm going to. How do I become a new member, John? It's so easy. Just go to ButcherBox.com dadville and sign up today. Johnny, I'm going to guess what you're going to say, but I want to say it with you. Okay, do it. Here That's butcherbox.com slash dadville to get a free essentials bundle in your first box. Butcherbox. Get your meat off. Sorry, I'm getting a finger preaching. It's my daddy in me. Okay, a couple more questions. Um, you talk about your dad, and I think this is something I do want to talk about before we 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 end here. Um what what do you think are some similarities to him that you have um, and sort of takeaways, I think, from your mom and dad uh, that you find yourself doing, you know, be it osmotic and you don't know or things you're like, no, I really like that about them. Like, as we think about our daughter, yeah. this is something uh, I think that matters, you know. I mean, really, my mom and my dad both like fought really hard mm -hmm. for a for a healthy upbringing. I don't know if that if that makes any sense. It was like. You know, they, my parents ended up divorcing, um, when I was 17, but we never really saw that. Oh, wow. Like we never really like, hmm. you know, and I don't know, it's like, it sounds bad to like make a positive out of that, but like it's, it's affected the way I'm, I've been a dad. Like even in the 16 months hmm. that Eloise is here, it's like, you're thinking about, you know, like if I'm going to get frustrated on the phone, if I'm going to have to have a conversation with somebody where I might have to, you know, get loud, like I'm going to walk outside. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let Eloise see that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that was like a pretty heavy one to start off with, but like, but like, you know, no, no, I get that. that like, yeah. They always, the house was always, you know, my dad's a very blue collar guy. Like we didn't really, you know, three kids, like, and, and mom not working, like dad had to work a lot. And, um, mm. and I definitely took that from him as far as like, dude, you get up, mm. go to work, 
provide and everything, everything else comes, you know, you, you can enjoy what you want after everything else is taken care of. And, uh, you know, it's, mm. that was just my dad's work ethic is something I've, I've really, I feel like has, has stuck with me. And then my mom's faith, man, my mom was always the, the, you know, the roles were reversed in that. Like my mom was the, the faith leader of the household. Like, uh, you know, church mm. was, we went to church with mom and, uh, you know, and that was, mm. that's something that I've taken from her as far as like, you know, continue to be the, the spiritual leader of the household. Cause that's, that's what mom was. So mm. those are my two from, from mom and pops. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good. That's great. What would you say? I'm curious. What, what's what's the role that your dad has in your life now? I mean, it sounds like you guys were really close um, growing up, and you sound like just a really close family in general. But like for me, my my dad, you know, you kind of you go from being his son, a little kid, and then you go through high school and all those kinds of, you know weird teenager adolescent yeah. changes and all that kind of stuff and then you leave the house and then you kind of have to settle into this new relationship especially when you have kids and you have your own family you know what what is his role in your life now what kind it's, of relationship it's, it's weird whenever like they do pass that threshold of like dad to friend and like we you know like it's always yeah. like you're kind of like yeah. You know, God, dude, six years ago, I was still asking you for money. And now, like, you know, it's like now you're like this guy that, like, I can, like, bring all these problems to. Or, like, you know, just, like, say, like, yeah, like, now we've, we, like, been through the whole, like, we've, I've been, like, now I, like, know what my dad was going through. And, like, who else are you going to call than the guy that was, like, Hey dad, what do I do with this? And you know, my dad's favorite thing is like, Oh baby, you'll figure it out. Mm. Like, that's like, that's my dad's way of saying like, <laughs> you know, Hey, great. you'll figure it out, man. Like, you know, like, and yeah. Yeah. You've like got he, what it takes to, and, to do this. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's just weird when it becomes just the friend thing. And it's more like, Hey dad, you know, let's, I'll go meet up and have a beer and, and talk about what's going on in your life. And like, and, mm you know, and, and get to see him interact with the grandkids is like this crazy part. My dad's like this big guy, you know, played football, you know, all the way to college and like blue collar, hardworking guy. And like always wanted like a grandson. Like that's, that's what he's like, man, I want a grandbaby boy, you know? And now he's got four granddaughters and he's, he's a teddy bear, man. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> to where even now he's like, you know, he'll call him and be like, Hey, you, you and Kristen have another baby. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, we want to have multiple kids. And he's like, well, you know what, man, I think I'm, I think I'm good with these grand girls. I don't, I don't know if I want a grand boy. And I was like, well, dad, I don't have any control over that. But like, uh, I'll, I'll let the good Lord know, man, you know, pops wants, uh, pops wants another girl, not a boy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at quote unquote a guy called and needs to get money from six years. It's so true. Like it's so true though, isn't it? It's like there's some moment that you go from being the yeah. that kid to not being that kid. It's really profound. Yeah. Like, you know, where you're like, hey man, like 
just a grand will float me. I got this gig coming up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I can't imagine, like, uh, you know, we hadn't really talked about this, John, but it, it's going to be such an interesting thing as a parent now. You know, to your point, Jordan, like, someday your kid's going to come to you and be like, I got it. And you're like, you got it? And they're like, yeah, I got it. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, well, all right. You know, like, that's going to be a really interesting, I think especially as a dad, that sort of, like, daddy yeah. bear thing that's like, you know, yeah. everybody good? You got what you need? What You know, to hear them sort of look at you one day and be like, you know, three days ago you called me need money, and now, like, you're good suddenly somehow. Right. Like, just, you, you know, whatever that moment is in all our kids' lives. I hadn't really stopped to think about that. I think that's why it's so funny to me is it really just changes some moment. They just like, don't need you to do it. it I feel like it happens you know, whenever hopefully. it's like the – like even still to this day, it's like, you know, when I talk to my dad, like there's nothing more fulfilling than the like, hey son, I'm proud of you. You know, like you're like, dude, oh is that not like just Isn't like that crazy? There's just the best. You know, even now it's like you know you don't need it. The like best. you don't have like I know he doesn't have to say that, but like it's just kind of like when he says <laughs> it, you like hang the phone up, and you like walk a little taller. You know, you're like yeah. I did it, man. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I still feel like the first time we bought, I think the first time we bought like our first uh, uh, yeah. townhome, like it was the first thing we bought together. I think I peacocked <laughs> when I walked dad around that. I was just kind of like, you know, strutting. <laughs> like, this is a room where we put the TV that I bought. That's actually a cabinet. I didn't buy that cabinet. That's y'all's cabinet. But that, no, that's y'all's chair too. That, and I'm going to get you back for that. <laughs> it's it is something amazing it, it fascinates me it fascinates me and it speaks to me so much of this that there's a god that made us this way that's how i think about it but like you can't escape i'm 42 years old like i should be well past needing my yeah. dad to approve of anything like you know like i've lived a while i've got kids like I, you know life is and still to this day like same as you Jordan, like dad can come in and be like man i heard that new song i like it and i'm like I mean, I am so firm in how my dad feels about me. I have no qualms that he loves me. He wants me to succeed in life. He wants, you know, but still, it's like I can't shake that thing. And I think none of us can. No. It's like whatever God put in us to need that affirmation, still at 42, you know, it's like he can say something and I'm like, yep. My day's good. I'm like, babe, we're, you know, buy the yacht. Okay, don't buy the yacht. Let's look at some yachts. But I'm feeling really good right now. Like, well, you know, you can, I can be on stage and have, you know, you know, a, a whole crowd of people singing along to a song, right? Yeah. And it could feel awesome. But if, uh, if I step off that stage and I get a text from my dad who's at the show and he's like, that last song and you know it's killer or whatever i mean i i probably a better example would be like i could be on stage and be like yeah. this show is terrible this is like bombing and I, if i get off stage and I, my dad comes back to the green room and is like ah, i'm so proud of you you sounded great tonight i'm like immediately the i will show, remember that yeah. show as being one of the best you shows high see <laughs> That's you Kool-Aid man through the back wall. You just Kool-Aid man th yes. through the back wall. I mean, dude, it really down. is. Even the, the, you know, the last it is. song I played my dad, which is, you know, pretty personal song. But he's like, you know, you've written a lot of good ones, but that might be your best one. So that's the best song I've ever written. That right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> you called your one. label. You're yeah. like, this hey, is, guys, just want to let you know we have the new oh, single. It's, it's, um, it's pop pop approved, which is what my grand, my daughter calls it. So we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. It's so true. I think it, it speaks to, I think, you know, maybe one good way to sort of wrap this thing up. To your point, I think it's a reminder to me. I've thought about this a lot lately. This is just, I'm letting you in. I'm being vulnerable. Um, I've thought about this a lot. Like, I think one of the great um, tricks of this world is how little I think we realize we affect people. Mm -hmm. um, wow, this got really deep really fast. Sorry, I should, <laughs> we should have, should have warned y'all about the snorkel gear. Um, but I think, I think it, it's so funny. You know, like I had somebody send me this um, email today, kind of out of nowhere, and it was so sweet. And it was just this guy that I had lunch with earlier um, last year. And I'd totally forgotten about it. Like it was just a buddy who's thinking about doing music. He wanted, and so we just grabbed a bite and he asked me some questions, whatever. And he was like, man, what you said reminded me, I, I didn't want to do this and I'm doing this now. And man, I'm so happy where I am. I moved back home. It's been the greatest move for me. And I thought, I hadn't thought about it. Not, not because I don't care about this guy, but it, but I think about, especially as parents, especially as parents, these moments that, and it's just going to get more like this as yeah. the kids get older and really take in what we're saying. But like, there's just going to be so many moments you're having this conversation and you think that was a good little conversation. And just like when my dad comes over still and says, my lawn looks good and I want to do push-ups immediately. It's like, you know, like there are these little moments that, that, that are going to yeah. always be like that, that we're doing that we don't even know, you know, yeah. that you say something to your daughter, you say something to your, your kids and, and they go, yeah. And yeah. you're like, Oh, I don't even remember saying that. You know, it's like, that's <clears throat> wonderful. Intimidating. Intimidating, but I think also really inspiring, you know, when you sort of have those moments where right. you go, oh, yeah, now I'm the dad. I think that's the cool thing. Yeah. It's like this doing we that have thing. that, like, we, well, you know, we get to carry that shield, and it's awesome. Like, you know, it's it's awesome. Yeah. that's a, Yes, <laughs> totally. that power. <laughs> I've had some funny moments with my dad where, like, I will say something, you know, like, I'll be like, well, you know, I, we don't really like whatever, you know, I don't shop there. And he's like, oh, I love that place. I'm like, what do you mean? I haven't shopped there in 20 years because you said that one thing that in 1998. He's like, oh, I don't remember that. I'm like, what? Dad, these are. <laughs> Dude, if you peel back, this is so embarrassing. And I only started to realize this like in the last 10 years. If you peel back the things that I like and don't like because my parents, especially my dad, said they didn't at one point, at one point, totally, at one no, point totally. driving by, those Frosties are terrible. I'm like, I hate Wendy's Frosties. I'm like, why do I hate Wendy's Frosties? Like, I hate sports teams that I have no clue why I don't. I remember political people. I'd be like, that guy's a terrible human being. They'd be like, well, he just bought a bunch of your CDs. I'm like, yeah. well, no, he can't because dad said that guy's right. terrible. I remember you know, like, if my dad would laugh, like when we were watching TV or something, like watching a movie, if if I saw my dad really laugh at something, this I'd be like, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'll always remember be like oh, that one movie yeah it's really funny i don't even remember yeah. anything about it i just remember my dad oh, laughed at so laughed true. really hard <laughs> all right so we have two questions that we like to land the plan on and uh Buckle up jordan we'd like for these to be your yes. best answers of the podcast so far <laughs> if you don't mind um okay question number 1 what do you want your kids to say or your child to say at your funeral? Ooh. Um, man. Yeah. Told uh, you. 
I would have to say, and I'm stealing this from a documentary that I that I love, but it, it's from. Yeah, oh, we've never is, had anybody terrible. lead the answer but, like that. This is already. Uh, it was literally. <laughs> he he was a great dad. Like that weighs like super heavy with me. Hmm. Like, you know, because I think majority hmm. of it is like. I don't care what my daughter thinks of my music career. I don't care what, like, I don't care what she mm. views that as. Like, I just want her to be like, you know what? My dad was a great dad. Because uh, I don't feel like that's, you know, I have mm. buddies that wouldn't be right. able to say that. Uh, and I just always want to, mm, like, yeah. I just I, I want her to always be able to come to me with anything, um, you know, and... I don't know. It's, it's, it seems really, really simple, but to me, like that's like that's the, the ribbon that. on no. the ribbon on the on the present. Yeah. Yep. Well, it says a lot yep. of things too. I think "dad" is such a loaded, wonderful word, uh, especially in that context. Um, second question: Your favorite, and you get ten of each. John <laughs> songs, songs, and say them as fast as you can. Go ahead. Uh, no, okay. Uh, second. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. yeah, oh shoot. Um, there was one I heard. I remember. Uh, okay, last question. Uh, what is the one thing you want your daughter to know? Oh, that you know. Yeah, I would have to say that it's not. I don't. I don't have all the answers. I won't have all the answers. Like you know, it's a. Uh, hmm. You know, come wow. to me with the question. Like, let's talk about it. Hmm. You know, no matter what it is. Uh, I, I really do want to be the dad that like, I don't ever want my, my daughter to be ashamed or no matter how serious the thing is, like come to me, let's be honest with each other. Let's be truthful. And let's, and let's find the, let's find the problem. Let's try hmm. and let's try to find the solution. But I'm not going to tell you that I, I'm going to know the answer, but I'm going to tell you how I would go about it. And you know, whether that be, wow you know, through faith or through, you know, something tangible that we can have to actually fix. But, uh, you know, let's, let's try to figure it out together. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Dave. Jeez, what a great <laughs> answer. You just humbled me there. Well, my, daughter sudden, even, like, oh, God, my daughter can't even, my daughter can't even talk. So we'll see <laughs> how that kids. What like, is it's pretty easy when like, they're just, <laughs> all they just do, run around and point and scream. <laughs> Man, it's so funny, isn't it? The temptation to do exactly, sadly, the opposite of what you said. I feel like I have to be so. We had Matt Carney on the podcast, and he said something so similar. And I've thought about this so much. Like he just said, how he always appreciated that his parents were kind of always learning. Yeah, like he could tell that they were always learning, and they were never arrived. And that just pinged me right square in the head. Like I just thought why do I feel like I got to know everything? Yeah. And I love mm -hmm. that you said that because I think if I can remember, I don't have to know everything. Yeah. You know, like that's not my job. Um, even though John says it is his and that's fine. And yeah. I mean, he can, John probably different paths. It's fine. It's fine. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun. Dude, guys, I really, I can't thank, thank you all enough for having me, man. This was, I'm, I'm big fans of both y'all as human beings, dude. And I do. I love, love the podcast. I'm really, really glad to be a part of it. Deadly.